But sometimes it happens that things are not working out the way they should. So for example, a man is fulfilling his duty, being the leader, and the woman is not listening. The husband expects her to cook, expects her to obey him in matters that are conventional, but she doesn't listen at all. So in that case, how to discipline such a woman? Divorce? The husband says, I want you to wear hijab. She says, no. So, okay, talaq. That's what should happen? The husband says, I don't want you talking to your mother for half an hour every day. No, my mother. She gave birth to me. She raised me. She made me who I am. And here you are telling me not to talk to my mother for half an hour. How dare you say that? So he says, okay, fine. Talaq. Talaq, talaq, talaq. Is that what should happen? No. Problems happen. There has to be a way of fixing the problem. Now one case is being given over here. And this is like an extreme case. Which is that wallati and those women who takhafuna you fear. Takhafuna from khawf. That you fear nushuzahunna. Their arrogance. Nushuz from the root letters noon, sheen, zai. Nushuz means irtifar. To rise up. The husband is here. The wife is here. And nushuz is she rises up. Okay? So for example, the husband says, Did you cook for me? Did you cook any food? No. Go get your food yourself. And the husband says, but uh, you know, I've been working all day and I'm hungry. What do I eat? I don't know. Go find it out yourself. You see what I mean? With every rude, blunt statement, she is trying to be haughty and mighty and arrogant. Like, do you see what I mean? This is what Nushuz is. With every argument, you know, she is yelling at him, disobeying him, refusing to comply. You know, for example, if the husband says, how come you don't cook? And she says, well, how come you don't build houses and build machines? A woman might present this logic. And some women do. Right? That how come you don't farm? How come you don't irrigate? How come you don't produce the food yourself? Then why do you expect me to cook? A woman might present such logic. And some women do, unfortunately. Right? So, nushuz. And remember that nushuz is not just slight arrogance, slight disobedience, but this is like of an extreme level. That in every matter. And this is disobedience with arrogance. That when a woman looks down on her husband, humiliates him, insults him, refuses to obey, belittles him, you know, she has a condescending attitude, treats him like nothing, doesn't give any respect to him. And in particular, نشوز is ترفر عما yajibu. To rise up above that which is obligatory. So some things are obligated upon the woman. And when she rises up above them, meaning refuses to comply, then that is nishuz. So for example, when it comes to, let's say, the relationship between a husband and wife. Right? Intimate relationship. The wife doesn't listen at all. She doesn't comply at all. The husband's desperate and she's like, I don't care, whatever. Right? I'm just giving an example that this happens with people. So she is violating marital duties. She treats him ill. She is cruel. She is unkind. She is unfair. She has become into an evil companion. A drama queen, always showing anger, always angry, always moody. This is what Nushuz is. And the husband dares to speak up. She shuts him off. He tries to bring a problem to the table and she becomes very furious. He tries to tell her something and she walks out of the house. She drives away. 
you know, the husband's a little upset and she says fine and she takes the kids with them and disappears. Happens, right? Takes a flight to another country. This is what Nushuz is. Do you see what I mean? So when a woman is acting up like this, and by the way, does such behavior suit a woman? A woman is supposed to be nurturing and loving, right? And soft, that when other people are upset, she calms them down. Do you see what I mean? This is how a woman should be. But if she is acting the exact opposite way, that where she's supposed to be loving, she is being harsh and rude. Where she's supposed to be someone calming other people down, she is flaring them up. When she is behaving like this, very arrogantly, you can say, you know like when someone's very harsh and mean and rude, how do you describe them? Evil, a witch. Okay, So when she's behaving like that, okay, then how are you supposed to discipline her? You have to discipline her, right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَعِلُوهُنَّ So talk to them first of all. فَعِلُوهُ from wa'ad. وَعَيْنُ اللَّهُ Wa'ad is to advise, to speak to someone in a manner that is very effective, that their heart is affected, they listen. So فَعِلُوهُنَّ So first of all, the first step is talk to them. Communicate with them. Advise them. Communicate your concerns with them. Talk to them nicely. So that it actually has an impact on them. Alright? Because sometimes, women, they may be upset at heart about something, and they're not able to communicate properly. When they're not able to communicate properly, they hold up those ill feelings inside. And when they're bottled up for so long, eventually they erupt. And how do they erupt? By being nasty towards the husband, not listening to him, rebelling. This is what happens. So in this situation, the husband needs to sit down with her and have a chat. What's bothering you? What's the matter? Am I missing something? Is there something I'm not doing? Is there a reason why you're behaving like this? Yes. Many times women, they love to talk. Okay, some women don't, but other women, typically women love to talk. So when you talk to them, you make them talk, you have a conversation with them, then what happens, they tell you about how they're feeling. And then finally the husband gets it, that oh, this is what's bothering her. This is the reason. Alright? So the problem is solved. Many times it happens that men are already facing such harsh treatment in the outside world. And when they come home, they see a woman who's acting like a witch. Like really, it's going to bother them. Okay? And many times when a person is angry, then it's not because of what the other person has done. It's because of what has happened with you. So for example, women are being very impatient with their children. Why? Because of the children being disobedient? No, because she's hurting. Because she's really tired. She wants a nap. So this is the reason why everything bothers her and she starts yelling at them on every little thing. Alright? So this is the reason why it's necessary to communicate. So after communication, many problems they are solved. Things go back to normal. But sometimes the problem is deeper. The woman still does not listen. It's not about the husband falling short in his duties, so she has communicated her concerns and then he fixes a problem. No, the problem is deeper. You know, she doesn't listen. Sometimes you advise people and they listen. So she doesn't listen at all. If he tries to have a conversation with her, she yells at him. She insults him. She curses him. Right? And she accuses him falsely. She doesn't listen at all. Nothing is effective. Then what should the husband do? Get angry and worked up and leave the house. 
and separate from her. Yeah? What he should do is, وَهْجُرُوهُنَّ فِي الْمَضَاجِرِ وَهْجُرُوهُنَّ هَجِيمْرَ هَجَرَ To leave. So leave them في الْمَضَاجِرِ In the sleeping places. مَضَاجِرِ Plural of مَضْجَرِ Bed. So basically, don't sleep with them. In other words, when it comes to night time, don't sleep in the bedroom, go sleep on the couch. Okay? Or tell the wife she's not allowed to come to the room. Do you see what I mean? So, when this happens, a woman is kind of shaken up that I really hurt him, I really offended him. I should not have said what I said. Because when women get angry, sometimes they say the most terrible things. The most terrible things. Have you ever heard women arguing with one another? The kind of things they say are like, oh my God, what are you saying? The kind of words, expressions they use, the kind of things they accuse each other of, and they go on and on and on and on and on. They just don't stop. So imagine if a woman has spoken to her husband like that, and he is offended, and he shows that he is offended, then is she going to get it? She's going to get it. And then she'll go and she's like, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have said that. You know, I'm, I'm just really worked up. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Okay, problem solved. But sometimes she's like, you know what? I don't care. You sleep on the couch, go ahead. He'll come back himself. And he doesn't come back. Where she says, you know what? I don't care. You don't come home? I don't come home either. I'm leaving. And she leaves. Do you see what I mean? So sometimes, some women don't care even at this point. The problem is aggravated. The husband is trying to solve the problem and she's trying to aggravate the problem. If she is behaving like this, now the husband being the qawwam, he has to save the family. He has children. He has a wife. He wants to save the family. He has to save their family. Because divorce, yes, it's an option, but there are many repercussions, right? Many effects on the children, on the entire family. It's not easy. It's very difficult. So he has to solve the problem somehow. So when it gets really worse, the woman is not complying at all, that one last step he's allowed to take. Okay? And this is the last step, not the first step, the last one. And what is that? Strike them. Beat them up until you know you knock some sense into them. Yeah? Is this what it means? Hit them with a bat or something, a baseball bat, so that their teeth are broken and you know they're bruised all over and push them so that they're bleeding and pull out their hair and lock them in the house. Yeah? Is this what it means? Hit them until you're satisfied in heart. Yeah? No. Remember there are two kinds of darb. Two kinds of hitting. And by the way, وَضْرِبُهُنَّ here means hit. It doesn't mean travel. It doesn't mean any other new meaning that people are coming up with. Okay? Because the meaning of darb only changes when there are other prepositions around the word. Like an or fi. But you see that the word darb has come by itself. And in the Arabic language, the word darb by itself means hit. Okay? So, وَضْرِبُهُنَّ What does it mean by this? Like I said, there are two kinds of darb. What kind of hitting is that which you do to satisfy yourself? That you hit someone so that the anger, the frustration that you have in your heart, that is satisfied. Okay? It's like a release of your energy. Is there any limit to this? Is there any limit to this? No. 
Because if you're hitting someone to get that anger out of you, you can stop nowhere. You will hit and hit and hit and never be satisfied. Right? Which is why when people are boxing, even though they're bleeding, they will still go on boxing away. Alright? Why? Because it's that inner drive to win. Okay? So that has no limit to it. The second type of striking is for the purpose of disciplining the other. It is for the purpose of discipline. To send a message across. To wake the other person up. Alright? And this is accomplished by even this. Sorry. Even a nudge. Even a slight pinch. I won't do that. Okay? Even a firm grasp. That when somebody's yelling, 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 you just hold their arm and you shake them up. You're like, what are you doing? What are you saying? Calm down. Relax. For God's sake, hear yourself. Do you see what I mean? So like you are just holding their arm very firmly and you are shaking them slightly. This is going to shake them. You know like if your mom ever strikes you a little on your back or if you're doing something dumb and she comes and hits you on your hand just a little, it's going to shake you. Isn't it? It's going to wake you up. You're really going to be shaken up. It's going to really put some sense into you. You know, that anger and that emotion that you had, it's eventually going to go away. So one type of darb is for ijrah, and the other kind of darb is for islah. One hitting is for hurting the other. The other kind of hitting is for disciplining the other. What kind of hitting is meant over here? The second one. To discipline, to correct, to reform. Alright? And remember that this is not in every case, but only in the case of extreme nishus. After trying everything, this is the last resort. And this does not mean abuse. The difference between the hitting which is for discipline and the hitting which is for hurting the other is abuse. Meaning there's abuse happening. If the woman is being hit to the point that she's bruised, to the point that she's physically injured, then that was not for islah. Remember that. So that the husband could release his anger. And that is something that's not acceptable. The husband is not allowed to hit the woman to release his own anger. No, he is allowed to hit the woman only to discipline her. This is just like children. I mean, some people, they hit their children like anything. And other people, they don't hit their children at all. But sometimes when the child is not listening at all, constantly touching what they're not supposed to touch, then let's say the father says, show me your hand, show me your hand, take it out. And then, you know, with his two fingers, he beats his, you know, his hand, for example. The child will be shaken up. And it's only with two fingers that he snapped his hand. Alright? It's basically a very harsh pat. Alright? So, is it going to send the message across? Yes. But if the child is pushed and he falls, and he gets hurt. Is this discipline? No. This is the parent trying to take out their frustration. So, buhunna means the permission to strike for the purpose of discipline, not abuse. Now, many people, they don't like this. I think, but why? Why have the men been allowed to do this? 
You know, because many men take advantage of this and they're like, you see, the Qur'an says, beat the women. So here I am, beating my wife. Don't stop me. I'm obeying Allah. They misuse this verse and they abuse women as a result. So the women are hurt. So this is why many people don't like this. But there are many commands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given in His law and people abuse the law. This is not just with the book of Allah. This is with every law that exists on this planet. Do people abuse the law? All the time. People who want to fulfill their desires, they will find a way to manipulate the law in their favor. To misuse the law in their favor. So there are people who do that. But for those people who do it properly, should they not be given the allowance that they can actually save their family? Yes. Should they not be given some kind of right to save their family, to save their household? Yes. That if the woman doesn't care, the husband cares. And he wants to save the family, so he should be given the right. Now, the scholars, they interpreted this darb as, for example, some scholars said that a man is only allowed to strike her with a handkerchief, like a small piece of cloth, and he just like, for example, like a scarf, and he just go like this to the other person. This is what they interpreted darb as. Or they said a siwak, like a toothbrush. Like for example, you're holding it in your hand, and you're like, you know, on the arm. What are you saying? What are you doing? Hear yourself. You know, like he strikes with the toothbrush, for example. Or like a scarf that is like a shawl or something. So this is what they allowed. And the Prophet ﷺ, did he appreciate this? Did he like this, that people should hit their wives? No, he did not. The Prophet ﷺ, once he said, how could any of you beat his wife as he would beat a slave and then lie with her in the evening? And how can you do that? How can you hit your wife? It was something that he could not understand. How can you? It doesn't make sense. How can you hit your wife like you hit a slave and then in the evening lie down with her? I mean, this doesn't make any sense. She's your wife. Respect her. Don't do this. And we learned that Um Kulthum, she said that when the men were completely forbidden to strike their wives, because initially they were completely forbidden. A woman came to the Prophet ﷺ and she said, my husband beat me. He said, go beat him. Okay? I mean, this was done. And then as she was going, the Prophet ﷺ stopped her because if she went and beat him, what would happen? She'd be beaten even more. Alright? So anyway, initially the men were completely forbidden from striking their wives. They were not allowed to do that at all. So the men came and complained to the Prophet ﷺ. They said, since this restriction was placed on us, our women are getting out of control. They're not listening to us at all. You know, we try to ignore them, we try to talk to them, and they become even more rebellious. They're not listening to us. Remember, in every culture, there are different ways of disciplining, right? So it wasn't working for them. So then the Prophet ﷺ allowed them to strike, but he said, وَلَنْ يَضْرِبَ خِيَارُكُمْ But the good ones among you, they'll never hit their wives. So the description of a good husband, of a good man is what? That he will never hit his wife. He will never do that. And we see that the Prophet ﷺ, he never hit his wife. You know, once Aisha anha, if I'm not mistaken, it was when she lost her necklace or something and the entire Muslim army had to stay behind. Something like that happened. So the Prophet ﷺ said, everybody has to wait because we can't go right now. Everybody has to wait. So the whole caravan was stopped because of Aisha anha. Okay? And the Prophet ﷺ lied down, he was having a nap. And Abu Bakr anhu, the father of Aisha anha, he came in and he like pinched her or something, because like, he was angry at her, that how can you be so irresponsible? Look at all the damage that you've caused. 
The Prophet ﷺ, he was so lenient with his wife, that it's okay, we'll wait, no problem. The father is getting upset. The Prophet ﷺ, the husband is not. So, وَلَنْ يَضْرِبَ خِيَارُكُمْ The best of you will never hit your wives. And this is a reality. Those people who hit their wives, Umar anhu he said, you will find that they are not good people. Those people who hit their wives, who misuse this ayah on every little thing, they go and hit their wives. He said, you will find that they are not good people. They're not good towards their families, they're not good towards their co-workers, they're not good people in general. Because a person does not have such control to restrain his hand from hurting the other. How can he be a good person? He cannot be. So yes, this allowance has been given, but it is not in every case. Okay? It's only in a severe case. And on the other hand, we should remember that if a woman is suffering from abuse, she should never stand that abuse. Do not stand abuse if you are the victim. Because if the husband is abusive, there has to be a problem. He needs some anger management tips. Maybe there's something wrong with him psychologically, mentally, emotionally. He may be experiencing some problem. And if you're bearing all that abuse, just because you're supposed to be obedient and humble, and just because you want to save your family, and just because you don't want other people to think bad of your husband, this is not correct. The Prophet ﷺ said, help your brother, whether he is the one who is being oppressed, or the oppressor. So if the husband is abusive, please stand up and seek help. This is not good for you, not good for your husband, not good for your children. I mean, this is incorrect that the children have to see their mother being abused by the father. This is unfair. This is unfair. You know, in the Qur'an we learn that those people who when they're oppressed, in tasaru, they defend themselves. They stand up for justice. So you cannot take abuse just because you say, I'm a woman and I have children and I don't want people to think badly of my husband. No, if there is abuse, it has to stop. Unfortunately, many women think that as a Muslim, you have to accept this abuse. And that if you press any charges against your husband, because he has been abusive in the relationship, you think you're going to go to hell. You're not, inshallah. Allah will protect you. You're standing up for justice. You're defending yourself. And you're supposed to defend yourself. And if someone is being abusive towards you, tomorrow they'll be abusive towards others. Today they're hitting you, tomorrow they will be hitting their children. This is not right. And we see that where violent people are not disciplined, then their violence doesn't just stay limited to them or limited to certain individuals. And they go on hurting many more people, many more innocent people. So this violence has to stop. That the longer you stay in the situation, the deeper you go into the problems. And you put yourself in difficulty, you put your children in difficulty, you put your husband in more difficulty. That he will get used to domestic violence. Where the mother is being abused, the children also get abused. So speak up. And it doesn't mean that speak up as in start being abusive towards your husband and argue with him. Just say that, I'm going to call the police. Or sometimes do that. I've seen couples where the husband is being abusive to the wife and the wife just called the police once, just once, on the advice of certain imams. And their husbands, you know, they became fine afterwards because they were restricted from being close to the house even for a certain period of time. And then later on, they became more responsible husbands. And sometimes it doesn't mean that you have to call the police. Go speak to the father of that man. If he's not around, go speak to someone whom they will listen to. And if there's nobody around like that, then you need help. 
because this is incorrect. You should not stand abuse. Many children who see domestic violence in their own houses, who grow up seeing such things, they develop problems later in life, whether it is in their own relationships or it is in their work or in their career or even in their emotional, their psychological state. You know, when you see something a lot, then it becomes normal to you. So when you see violence a lot, then violence becomes normal to you. You see that the father is not respectful towards the mother, then obviously you don't have to be respectful towards your sister. And you don't have to be respectful towards your neighbor. You don't have to be respectful towards your mother. If your father doesn't respect your mother, why should you respect your mother? So it leads to many problems. So there are many consequences of this. So if a woman is suffering from abuse, what is her responsibility? That she should seek help. Seeking help doesn't mean she should file for divorce immediately. Nor does it mean that, you know, call the cops immediately. It means doing something to stop the husband from doing what he's doing. Whether it is talking to the parents or talking to his parents or talking to an uncle or a family friend or someone. Get help because this is not right. And some men, they actually develop certain problems because of which they become abusive to their wives. So this is the reason why it should not be tolerated. And secondly, also remember that emotional abuse. This is also something that we should be careful about. We should be conscious about. Because some people, they don't physically abuse others, but they emotionally abuse others. So even that, the husband should not do. Likewise, the wife should not do that to the husband, right? And if that's happening, then help is needed. فَإِنْ أَطَعْنَكُمْ Allah says, then if they obey you, meaning if the women obey you, for example, you spoke to them, they get it, they don't rebel anymore. Or you ignore them for two days, and then they get it, and they listen to you. Or you shift them once, you know, you pinch them, or you firmly grasp their arm, or you struck them with your toothbrush or something like that, and they listen to you. Then Allah says, فَلَا تَبْغُوا عَلَيْهِنَّ سَبِيلًا Do not find a way against them. Meaning, do not seek ways to harm them. That on every little thing, if the food is not ready on time, he goes and hits her. He goes and pushes her. If the laundry is not done, he's yelling at her. You know, he is ignoring her because she did not call him or she did not do what he asked her to do. And every little thing, he is finding ways to hurt her. Allah says, no. فَلَا تَبَغُوا عَلَيْهِنَّ سَبِيلًا If this is the case, then do you think there's any room for violence against women? Not at all. There's no room for it at all. And remember that, إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلِيًّا كَبِيرًا Indeed, Allah is ever Ali and Kabir. Ali from Ain Lam Wa Ulu. What does Ulu mean? Height. So Ali, one who is very high, high above others. Kabir, great. So you think yourself as very powerful and strong and higher than your wife and greater than your wife. And because of that you hit her and you yell at her, physically abuse her, emotionally abuse her and every little thing you're getting after her life. Then remember that there's someone who is greater than you. Someone who is above you. Someone who has power over you. And this is something that everyone should remember. That when we are being oppressive towards those who cannot speak for themselves, then there is someone who is greater than us. Sometimes women treat their children in a very harsh way. They hit them, they beat them, they yell at them on every little thing. What should they remember? That Allah is above them. Sometimes a husband is abusive towards a wife. What should he remember? That Allah is greater than him. إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلِيًّا كَبِيرًا And imagine, if 
the way you treat your children, someone else starts treating you. If the way a husband treats his wife, someone else starts treating him that way. How would you feel? You know, like sometimes, for example, a mother forces her child to do something he does not want to do. You know, sometimes a woman wants that a child should eat a certain amount of food. Okay? Now, sometimes there may be a reason that physical health or whatever, there may be a reason that the child has to eat, otherwise his health is being affected. But the other is that you just want that whatever food you've poured, he has to finish it, she has to finish it. And if the child stops, you force feed the child. Force feed the child. If you do that, just imagine, if someone was forcing something into your mouth, how would you feel? Something you don't want, and somebody is forcing it into your mouth. How would you feel? You know, it really scares me. Like sometimes there is leftover food, my children are not eating. I wish that somehow I could put it inside of them. And I stop there, I give up there. I just can't do it. It really reminds me of the verses about hellfire. That how boiling hot water and zakum people will eat. They'll be forced, ثُمَّ That I will compel him to a severe punishment. Imagine, if Allah held you accountable for the injustice that you're committing against those who cannot stand up against you, what could you do? If a little child cannot resist you, how can you resist the power of Allah? How can you? إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلِيًّا كَبِيرًا So a person must remain fearful of Allah, that Allah still has authority over me. I am going back to Him, I'm answerable to Him. وَإِنْ خِفْتُمْ And if you feared, now the family is being addressed. Right? Like the close relatives, the parents of the husband and wife, their siblings. So if you fear, شِقَاقَ بَيْنِهِمَا Shikaq, dissension, division between them two. Between who two? The husband and the wife. Shikaq is from shak. Shak is to break apart. So you see that they two, the husband and the wife, are breaking apart. It's not working out. The relationship is not working. You know, one day the husband is being abusive and the next day the wife is showing new shoes. And it's just a vicious cycle. It's been going on and on. They don't respect each other. The children are suffering. The family is suffering. They have to hear horrible conversations all the time. They have to witness so many wrong things. So when you fear this, بَيْنِهِمَا Then what is the responsibility of the family? That they have to interfere. They have to step in to solve the problem between the husband and wife. Like for example, because the man is a qawam, he is supposed to save the relationship. But if he turns against the woman, instead of saving the relationship, he is ruining the relationship. What can the wife do? Do you see what I mean? Because in the previous ayah, what has been mentioned? How to discipline the wife. But what if the husband needs to be disciplined? Can a wife discipline the husband? Can a wife discipline the husband? She cannot. She's not able to. Right? The husband can say, you're not going anywhere. Very powerfully. And the wife gets scared and she doesn't go. For example. But if the wife tries to say, you're not going anywhere. What is the husband going to do? Whatever. Yeah, right. Stop me. Dare. Do something. Go ahead. Right? Can the wife do anything? She can't. So in this case, where the husband needs to be disciplined, or he's trying to discipline the wife, and it's not working out, then other people need to step in to solve their problem, because they're not able to solve it themselves. And how will that be done? Allah says, فَبَعَثُ Then appoint. From Ba'atha. Appoint who? Hakaman. A judge. An arbitrator. Min ahlihi from his family. Wahakaman and a judge. Min ahliha from her family. So one person 
from the husband's family and another person from the wife's family. So one person on behalf of the husband and another person on behalf of the wife. They will step in. So for example, the father is of both of them. Alright? They step in. And what do they do? They advise the husband, they advise the wife. They try to find out what the problem is. They talk to them. They counsel them. So basically this is talking about counseling, marriage counseling. Okay? But this counseling is being done by who? Those who are close. Why those who are close? Because they know what's actually going on. Because sometimes what happens, people go for marriage counseling to an imam. And she goes by herself, for example, and she says so many things about the husband. And the imam feels so sorry for the woman that, oh, she's being abused and she's being treated so unjustly, so unfairly. He hasn't heard the other side of the story at all. Right? And if, let's say he talked to the husband and the husband denies everything. Does he have any way of finding out the reality? He doesn't. I mean, he can investigate, he can ask, but how much can he know? Not much. But people who are close, people who are relatives, they know those individuals, right? So this is why they are the best ones to counsel the husband and the wife when they're suffering from problems. So this is why uh, a from from his side and a hakam from her side. And who is a hakam? Hakam is a judge, someone who decides and judges on behalf of the other. You know, he instructs them. So someone who is officially appointed to solve a dispute. Officially appointed to solve a dispute. So the family will take the matters in their hands. But remember, over here, one thing I'd like to make clear, that every problem between the husband and wife doesn't need to be solved by other people. Alright? Every problem between the husband and wife does not need to be solved by other people. The problems that exist between a husband and wife, they should solve themselves. If there's something you don't like about your husband, talk to him. Communicate with him. Deal with it for some time. Try different ways of solving it. Alright? Don't call your mother in every little thing. Don't ask your friend... Don't go straight to the imam right away. No. Solve the problem yourself first. But after several attempts, when you realize it's not working out, I can't do it, I don't know what to do, somebody else needs to explain to him, then you seek help. Because unfortunately, some women and some men, they ruin their relationship themselves. How? Anything that happens, mom, he did this. Dad, he did this. Mom, my mother-in-law said this. My father-in-law said this. My brother-in-law did this. Every little thing is being advertised, advertised constantly. Is being published constantly, all the time, on Facebook, on Twitter. There's no personal life. There's no privacy. This is not going to solve the problem. It's going to aggravate the problem. Because remember that if something happens between you and your husband, eventually, inshallah, it will get solved. And you know what? You'll get over it. But if you told your mother, she will remember it. She won't be able to get over it. Her heart for her son-in-law is not going to be clean for a very long time. And it will worsen the situation. This is the reason why my advice to the mothers is that when your daughters are married, please let them have privacy in their lives. When your sons are married, please let them have privacy in their lives. Don't interfere in every little matter. Whether it's with regards to their children or with regards to you know, them and their spouse. Don't interfere. Family members, please stay out of their 
problems. Stay out of their life. Let them deal with it. And when they need help, when they want help, then help them. But if you feel that they need help, they're not asking for it, but actually they need help, because if the problem is not solved, it's going to lead to divorce. You know, openly they're arguing with each other, then you need to step in. Alright? I remember once a lady said that she got married and you know, she went to visit her parents' house and her father was lying down and she went on and on talking about how her mother-in-law behaves and her father-in-law behaves and her husband behaves. I turned around and looked at her. Never again do I want to hear from your mouth anything about your husband. What happens in that house stays there. Doesn't come here. Doesn't come here. It stays there. So as women, please maintain privacy. And as parents, as relatives, stop interfering. Let the two exist. Alright? Every couple, people who are friends, they get into problems and they solve it themselves. Then Allah says, Iyurida islahan. If they want islah, who? The husband and the wife. If they actually want to fix the problem, they want to make things better, then what will happen? Yuwafiqillahu baynahuma. Allah will cause it between them, Allah will cause reconciliation between them. Yuwafiqi from wafaqaf. Wafaqa yuwafiqu tawfiq. It is to provide the opportunity, the ability, so that things can work out. So if they want to set things right, then Allah will provide the means, the opportunity, the ability for their relationship to work out. Allah will join them. Allah will reconcile them. That's when, when they want to fix the problem. Because someone wants to fix their relationship, then they'll be willing to compromise, they'll be willing to sacrifice, they'll be willing to give up certain things, they'll be willing to take up certain things. Isn't that so? But if you don't want to solve the problem, you want your way or a highway, then obviously you're going to take the highway. You're going to exit, you're going to leave. So if you want to solve the problem, then Allah will cause that. But if you don't want to solve the problem, then obviously... The two individuals will go their own way. إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلِيمًا خَبِيرًا Indeed, Allah is knowing and aware. Because sometimes when we're having problems, we tell only one side of the story. Or we tell only certain things. But we don't mention what we are doing wrong. Who knows our mistakes, our shortcomings. Allah knows. So the lesson over here is that when you're dealing with family problems, when you're dealing with family problems, then whose help should you seek first and foremost? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help. Because He can solve the problem, He can fix your heart, He can fix the heart of the other individual. He can actually fix the problems. And also, solve the problem yourself, that's not possible to seek help. But if you are insincere, if you are untruthful, if you are treacherous, if you are lying, then the problem won't be solved. And remember, that everything that is said, everything that is done is written. The matter of the dunya is easy. The matter of the hereafter is far more difficult. So in this world, you may have your own way. For example, the wife falsely accused the husband of abuse. Alright? Or terms what he has done as abuse. And there she gets all the help from the government, for example. And the husband is restricted in every way. So okay, she has her way. All of a sudden she feels so powerful. She feels so empowered all of a sudden. But this is the dunya. In the hereafter, Allah knows the reality. And He will judge. The best judgment, the final judgment. The judgment that will be affected. So the lesson here is that when it comes to family problems, one should be fearful of who? Allah. That He knows. 
He knows. Other people may not know. But Allah knows. Recitation. وَلِكُلِّنْ جَعَلْنَا مَوَالِيَ مِمَّا تَرَكَ الْوَالِدَانِ وَالْأَقْرَبُونَ وَالَّذِينَ عَقَدَتْ أَيْمَانُكُمْ فَآتُوهُمْ نَصِيبَهُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ شَهِيدًا الرِّجَالُ قَوَّامُونَ عَلَى النِّسَاءِ بِمَا فَضَّلَ اللَّهُ بَعْضَهُمْ عَلَى بَعْضٍ وَبِمَا أَنفَقُوا مِنْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ فَالصَّالِحَاتُ قَانِتَاتٌ حَافِظَاتٌ لِلْغَيْبِ بِمَا حَفِظَ اللَّهُ وَاللَّاتِي تَخَافُونَ نُشُوزَهُنَّ فَعِظُوهُنَّ وَاهْجُرُوهُنَّ فِي الْمَضَاجِعِ وَاضْرِبُوهُنَّ فَإِنْ أَطَعْنَكُمْ فَلَا تَبْغُوا عَلَيْهِنَّ سَبِيلًا إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلِيًّا كَبِيرًا وَإِنْ خِفْتُمْ شِقَاقَ بَيْنِهِمَا فَبَعَثُوا حَكَمًا مِّنْ أَهْلِهِ وَحَكَمًا مِّنْ أَهْلِهَا فَبَعَثُوا حَكَمًا مِّنْ أَهْلِهِ وَحَكَمًا مِّنْ أَهْلِهَا إِنْ يُرِيدَا إِصْلَاحًا يُوَفِّقِ اللَّهُ بَيْنَهُمَا Inna Allah kana